York, New York, big city of dreams. I'm talking, talking, I'm talking straight out. New York, New York, big city of dreams. Even with the way he's playing, people think like everyone is like is so like either all basically all or nothing with him in terms of his value. Mm-hmm. I know some people think he's like his value is like really low. His value is not low. A guy who who can give you basically who's a walk in twenty ten, and if you if he can basically if you can have him in a role where he's not the primary ball uh you know playmaker. Right at twenty ten, he rebounds very well, and if he's in a good situation, he can play really well for you as like you know someone who's off the ball. And he, so I, I think that's pretty valuable. I think they're going to get a really good return for him. So I think people that think it's like you know his value is so low, like it's worthless. I don't really agree with that. It's not as high as it was last year. Here's the thing, man. I feel like it's a small a small market team thing, man. Because with the small market teams, yeah. they don't, they they really the small market teams don't really expect to get the big fish in free agency, so they have to trade. They definitely have to trade. And if you're looking around yeah. in the league right now, um, you saw that uh, you saw the Kings are trying was trying to get Ben Simmons, and that trade fell through. Um, Ian Begley talked about how um, the Kings were interested in Julius Randle last season. Um, mm-hmm. they also are interested in Sabonis as well. So that's another name that kind of com- popped up. Whenever you hear Sabonis, I'm thinking if they're interested in, in Sabonis, then they might be interested in Julius because, you know, because they're almost in the same realm, even though Sabonis is kind of actually better this year. So I, yeah. I'm not saying, I'm not saying hundred percent go for De'Aaron Fox, but I mean, that's a small market team. Keep an eye on that. <laughs> Who knows if it'll happen this season or whatever, but keep an eye on that. I know they're trying to have a fire sale over there. They seem like a little bit motivated. But um, these these small market teams, man, they might be the ones who take over Julius Randle. Hey, you know what? We'll see what happens. It's New York. The pressure gets to you. You're in a small market now. We'll take care of you. And it's less pressure. Do what you do. So, <laughs> Big Reaper. Shout out to Big Reaper. This is a ten dollars super chat. Says, do not trade Obi. Um, yo, at this point, Ryan, with the way Randall is playing and the tea leaves. I'm going to just get to some of the tea leaves today because I'm out right now, right? First tea leaf. Mm-hmm. It's because there's been a lot of Knicks news that's been going on this week, Ryan. I don't know if you know this, but Ian, it's been Ian too that's been dropping gems. It's not, it hasn't yeah. been, it's been Ian. And the first gem that Ian dropped was that a team who has contacted the Knicks got the impression that Randall could be moved for the right price um and you know for the right price can mean anything right like we don't know if it's ben simmons type of price where you know they say they want to trade ben simmons but the asking price is astronomical we don't know if that's the case or but the fact that for the right price to me was put in that because you know ian begley is very careful about the words he chooses when he talks about trades he doesn't like to be say definitively 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 anything is going to happen or not happen Right, so when he says for the right price, it makes me believe they're going to be thinking about it, especially when you contrast it with the news that we got today, Ryan. And the news that we got today was teams have been acquiring about Obi Toppin and Emmanuel quickly, but the Knicks hold them in high regard. So, 
that's a different that's a completely different tone than the Julius Randle news. If, if if they said Julie teams have been calling about Julius Randle, but they hold Julius Randle high regard. To me, that signals they're more on the fence about trading him. But like, so those two news stories going back to back makes you believe that they're more inclined to keep OB and keep IQ and less likely and more open to trading Randall. That's what it, that's what it feels like. And in general, shout out, shout out to the front office because they kept Grimes out of a trade package just last week for Cam Reddish included Knox. So it seems like the front office is kind of prioritizing the youth right now. And uh, if that's the case, um, kudos to the front office, man, because that, that's what it feels like. Yeah. Um, usually when a team says a player is available for the right price, that basically means if you co- if a team comes through and it's a trade that they just cannot turn down, they will pull the trigger on the trade. So, yeah, they're saying Julius Randle is available. But they're saying he's not going to be available for just anything. You're going to have to offer us a pretty good package to get Julius Randle. Right. That's what I take it as. And, of course, you know, the fact that they hold OB and IQ in high regard, because this is what I think, because I feel like if the Knicks are looking, like if the rumors are true and saying that Knicks are trying to offload the veterans, other teams are going to inquire about the Knicks' young pieces because they're going to be like, okay, well, if you want us, if, if you want us to take a Julius Randle, if you want us to take an Evan Fournier or whatever the case may be, you better attach a draft pick. You better attach an asset to that, a young asset to that for us to take on those contracts. Right. So I feel like that's where the rumor comes in about, you know, teams inquiring about OB and they're inquiring about IQ. But, of course, the front office is doing the right thing by holding those players in high regard because you see promise with IQ. You see promise with OB. And with the way the veterans are playing currently with the Knicks, I mean, you have to look towards the future. You have to look towards the young players. So I can see that. For what I, yeah. So, you know, from what I'm hearing from the front office, it seems like the front office is acting very competently. You know, they're acting, you know, within the best interest of the team. And they and the front office has an idea that it's going to be the young guys that's going to carry the Knicks into the future. These The vets are not cutting it right now for the Knicks. That, that's a really good point, Ryan. That's a very good point because I – because the other part of the news that also came out was the Brian Windhurst news. And, you know, sometimes with Brian Windhurst, you take it or leave it, right? <laughs> uh, you take, you, like, it's not, the, it's not Shams. It's not, you know, it's not Shams. It's not Ian. So you like some, Brian, he, so his news came out and they said, his news says that the Knicks are trying to move veterans. Um, Looking at Fournier, looking at Alec Burks, Right. At this point of the season, the way they're playing, it might not be so easy to move them. So you might be absolutely right, Ryan. Teams could be like, okay, yeah, we'll we'll take Fournier, but uh, can we add IQ? Like, (laughs) (laughs) and at that point, it might be a a no for me though. Like, I'm not adding IQ to to think to add IQ to move Fournier, who we just just got here for 17 million. That would suck. (laughs) <laughs> yeah <laughs> that would suck and even alec burks i thought you know, maybe it might be a little bit easier to move alec burks um but he's a little bit on, been on a downtrend it might be easier to move him next season who knows but 
Hopefully, they find a team who will he'll be able to take them. There's teams out there who are, who are desperate for kind of backup point guard help. The Cavs come to mind for sure. Um, so maybe we can try to move something with them. But who knows what their asking price is? I can see them asking for you know a, a pick or something. But they also have they also have Ricky Rubio. So you know when you have a, a guy who's expiring and he's a dead cap, we can also ask for a pick in exchange for that as well. So. Maybe that's something, maybe the cash is something we look to explore to, to do some business with. Who knows? It would to, to get Burks because if, if you talk about the point guard position, they just, they, just, they just acquired Rondo the other day. So they have Rondo to back up Garland. Oh, yeah, that's right. They do have Rondo. Yeah, so the, so the Cavaliers, if, I think if the Cavaliers were to make a move, it, it wouldn't be for a point guard. It would be for, hmm. You know what? You're right about that. You're right about that. You know what else? You know what I'm thinking about? The, I'm thinking about um Colin Sexton. I'm thinking about. I'm yeah. thinking about they have Colin Sexton there. They have Colin Sexton and they have Ricky Rubio there who's dead cap. They obviously Darius Garland seems to be the more competent point guard out of the two. I can see them trying to offload him at some point. So I, I think that's something else to look at as well. I'm not sure yeah. what the asking price would be. Um, also, I'm not even completely sure if we want to move, if you want to go that direction at point guard. Because I know you also heard Jalen Brunson is a guy that we can be looking at as well, who's a guy who can potentially lead the Dallas Mavericks. So I can see the Knicks trying to move, move, make a move for him as well. But again, what's the ask right for Jalen Brunson? Are you going to give up young guys in a pick for Jalen Brunson, or are you going to wait until the offseason to try to sign him as a free agent? Yeah. Even though Jalen Brunson is kind of interesting because when I look at Dallas's lineup, he starts for Dallas right now. He starts alongside Luka. So... I'm, he's not the backup point guard anymore. He's a she's like more of a. I don't. I, well, I, I mean, I don't know how they play Luca and Brunson in the backcourt because I don't really watch a lot of Dallas games. But I would assume that Luca Luca would be the point, right? Or yeah, Luka, you know what? Or, it, but you know what it is too. They lost. They just lost uh, Tim Hardaway Jr. to an injury, so they probably had okay. to end up moving Brunson into the starting lineup to kind of. Ease that, so maybe they want to take. Maybe, maybe they, maybe they will be like, okay, we'll take, we'll take Burks on because we need the help, and we might, you know, maybe it's something like that. Who knows? That yeah, could be something. Yeah, because I'm trying to think, whatever, what, what other point guard do Dallas have besides Luca and Brunson? I can't think of another point guard that they have. So to me, I'm like, why would they really move Brunson in that case? Wouldn't right. Brunson be? I think Brunson would be more of like a free agent signing, you know, once his contract is up. Yeah, it's one of those things where if they can be scared that he's gonna leave in free agency, but they're also in the middle of a championship chase. You know yes, what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, that, yeah, that too. So it's gonna be that balance, but they also gonna need a piece because they lost Tim Hardaway Jr. So they can try. They might be able to try to like fulfill, get a piece from there. And we have wings galore. <laughs> True. We have wings galore, so that could be something too. But I, I can still, I can still see them end up asking for a pick. Well, any, yeah, of course, because Brunson's a good young player, so... Right. In any of those situations. Sharon goes, why do you guys want to trade uh, Brunson, uh, Burks? That's dumb. Um, Actually, Burks is a decent player, man. Burks is a decent player, but as you see, we have Cam Reddish here, and at some point, we're going to have to give Cam Reddish time, and... The Knicks have the second hardest schedule remaining in the NBA. As of now, it just doesn't look like we're going. I, I can't. I don't know, man. I don't see it. Ha- I don't see it happening at this point. 
Like, I'm not sure. I, I know the Knicks feel like they might be able to turn around, but I don't see... I don't see significant progress happening with this team as constructed, so it might be better to get some cam some minutes after the after the trade deadline to kind of get him on the track to improving his value, improving his play, getting used to his team, and starts to look for the future at this point. Like it might be, it, it seems like it's almost time. Cause like I said, it like I said uh, last week, I feel. Cam, you know, trades could be made by a trade deadline or by the summer. And depending on how we play up until the trade deadline, I feel like it's going to dictate what we do and how fast moves are made. And because it seems like we're falling out of the playoff chase, I feel like by the, t- by the time the trade deadline hits, if we keep losing games at this place, it's going to be more, it's going to be more and more likely that we're going to be able to, we're going to be moving players and players who will be, who will be moved so they can play so can't complete would be have to be wings. That that's pretty much what it is. Yeah, like I would agree with Sherwin if the Knicks were actually winning games. If the Knicks were, you know, in a solid playoff spot and they were a good team. But the Knicks schedule is tough going towards the trade deadline. And like you said, it's gonna depend on how the Knicks do within these next couple of days. If the Knicks keep on losing games, they're gonna fall more and more out of the playoff spots. And if that's the case, why are you going to keep these veterans here for? Exactly. You have young you you have young guys here that you're trying to develop. You you just traded for Cam Reddish from the Atlanta Hawks, and you have him on the bench, and he's not getting no type of burn whatsoever. So you you don't even know what you have in Cam Reddish. So if you're gonna so if you want to find out what you have in Cam Reddish, if you want to find out what you have in the other young guys, you have to move some of these veterans so that these young guys can get the minutes, so the Knicks can see what they have in these young guys and and what they can actually give to the team. Exactly, I agree with you. I agree with you, and it will be it will be hoof tips too at that time to ease up on the minutes on Julius Randle. It would be hoof him, like that would have to be done. Uh, salute to the chat, man. Shout out to the chat. Y'all could be anywhere in here, but you're here with us talking Knicks basketball almost two a.m. in the morning. If you like the show so far, please hit the like button and subscribe button. And um, yeah, we're here after every post game talking Knicks. Um, next post game though, because I know we have we on a little bit of West Coast trip. I might do like the next day type of situation where we do it the next day because during the work week is going to kind of be kind of tough. So I'm so I'm, I'm still kind of decided that, but look out for that. All right, but shout out to everybody who's rocking the KT show, and you know we'll, we'll talk some next basketball. Next caller up, we got Stan Nowak. New York, New York, big city of dreams. 